host of ways that a government can take to encourage a shift to a greener economy. The Green Savings Bond, the latest idea from the Westminster government, is not one of them. Hi, I'm William Thompson, co-host of Scotonomics, a regular YouTube show designed to offer nourishment for independent minds. Now, over the summer, UK Chancellor Rishi Sunak announced a plan to direct 15 billion of funding towards green projects to help decarbonise the UK economy. To achieve this, he has chosen the good old bond market, but with a little twist, rather than using the traditional bond market where institutional investors look to hedge their riskier investments by buying risk-free bonds from the government, he is after the public savings. Now, in most basic terms, the Green Savings Bond Scheme will direct some of the Great British public savings towards green projects. So we have the headline, 15 billion of funding towards green projects. Sounds good, doesn't it? But we all know never to believe the headline. The £15 billion of funding towards Green Project is across two years and will only be invested if the Great British public chooses to hand that amount over to the government. There's no government top-up. So this headline figure is a maximum figure. It could, of course, be much smaller. And considering the colossal mismanagement of public funds during the pandemic by the Conservative administration, I expect that they will fall well short of that figure. To really understand the lameness of this initiative, we have to delve a bit deeper into bonds and the bond market. Now, as my Scotonomics co-host Kieran often tells me, if you understand the bond market, you really do get a handle on what constitutes what's known as government debt. Now, I have to admit, I kind of switched off when any of the guests on Scotonomics started talking about the bond market, and I would be in another world by the time they got into the secondary bond market. But there is no avoiding it. Understanding the bond market is crucial to understanding the macroeconomy. Now, having rewatched this brilliant few minutes coming up, I feel terrible that I decided to cut it out of the interview that we did with Stephen Hale. I told you, bonds didn't do it for me, but they do now. So here it is, a great overview of bonds and the bond market. You will be aware that if you're trying to um, come up with a, a, a rational reason for issuing treasury bonds for auctioning them, then in the days before quantitative easing, when the Bank of England would deliberately keep the private banks a little bit short of cash, electronic cash, in order to keep control of the official interest rate, then um, uh, fiscal deficits, because they involve the government spending more pounds into the banking system than they're taking out of the banking system in taxation. That um, increased the supply of cash to the banking system. And um, under those circumstances, if you don't issue Treasury bonds to mop up that excess cash, then the Bank of England loses control of the interest rate downwards because the banks uh, have an excessive amount of cash and uh, the interest rate that was targeted prior to quantitative easing was the interest rate at which banks lent funds to each other overnight. And if most of the banks have got more cash than they need, then that interest rate falls below the Bank of England's target. So that, that was a good reason under the old system for auctioning Treasury bonds. But it was, it was nothing to do with funding the government's fiscal deficit Instead, it was about interest rate management. There are other reasons why you might want to auction treasury bonds too. You might want to offer fund managers a safe 
interest-bearing asset that they can hold. And you also might want to use the interest rate, what they call the yield, on government debt. So they, at the moment in the UK, they issue treasury bonds for up to 50 years in the future as uh, default risk-free interest rates, as benchmark interest rates that other financial assets can be priced against. None of those reasons are anything to do with funding a government deficit. However, the government is the currency issuer, just as they don't need to raise taxes before they spend, just as they can engage in, in, in deficit spending, they don't need to borrow. The UK government does not need to borrow pounds um, uh, before it spends those pounds. Every pound the UK government spends and they're spending pounds every single day is a new pound. That's why people shouldn't talk about money printing. It's nothing to do with money printing. Every single pound the UK government ever spends involves currency issuance. What they then do is they offer big financial institutions the opportunity to take some of that currency that's been spent into the system and convert that currency into nice interest-bearing treasury bonds. So bonds aren't really what most people think they are. Governments in general don't need to issue them to borrow money. So you might ask, why is the UK government going down this road to finance a greener economy? And that's a great question, especially when so many people have already done the groundwork via the Green New Deal. Now, a Green New Deal would be a truly transformative approach to restructuring not just the economy, but also society. But instead, we have the Green Savings Bond. This type of investment would impact the work of many projects. However, it is of course but a drop in the ocean of what's really needed to decarbonise the economy, never mind deliver on all the other components of a just economic system that isn't killing the planet. But should that amount of funding be realised, it would make a difference. Now before I got all dizzy by complimenting the UK Treasury, it's becoming increasingly difficult to view with any sincerity the UK government's approach to the decarbonisation of the UK economy. Right at the top of that charge sheet is the likely commissioning of the Campbell oil field just off Shetland. We know that the Chancellor balks at the short-term costs of a net-zero economy, hence we have the idea of a green saving bond. We also know that the Treasury does not prioritise medium and long-term goals, it's insanely fixated on the deficit. But let's get back to bonds. As Stephen Hale explains, governments issue bonds for a variety of reasons. However, most people understand government bonds as a way for the government to borrow money to pay for stuff. The narrative is this, the government doesn't have any money to pay for stuff unless it raises taxes, and it doesn't want to do that. So to avoid tax hikes, it sells, normally in an auction, bonds to financial institutions. Those financial institutions, and occasionally other investors too, send cash the way of the government for them to spend now for a guaranteed rate of interest. Effectively, so we are told to believe, investors lend money to the government. The government then spends that money on stuff, be that roads, boots for soldiers, or pens for civil servants. The only issue with this story, the small chink in the armour of this worldview, is that the government dances this merry dance because it chooses to, not because it has to. Bonds are but smoke and mirrors, the window dressing of a financial system designed to reward those who have surplus wealth to invest. As the currency issuer, the government can create the money it needs without borrowing any of it. Now imagine you have a massive, super productive apple tree in your back garden. When you needed some apples, you would go to the tree and grab some apples. You wouldn't borrow apples from a neighbour while offering to pay them for the privilege. That would be madness. But that is effectively what sovereign states do. As Stephen outlined, 
Bonds and the bond market are useful, but not for the primary reason that most people understand, which is allowing the government to spend money it wouldn't otherwise have. Now this is from the government's site explaining the green savings bond. All money invested in NS and I is passed on to HM Treasury and contributes towards government spending. So we are now into the detail of that green savings bond. Firstly, individuals have to choose to invest 15 billion of their own savings in decarbonising the economy. Then that money, whatever amount it is, will be released into the economy via the green projects chosen by the government. Yep, you heard that right. You give money to the UK government and then they choose who to give it to. And why wouldn't you do that? It worked so well for PPE-related contracts, didn't it, during the pandemic? In exchange, you get a guaranteed rate of return because, like all bonds, the bond is a risk-free investment for those who have the wealth to invest. So, despite this being a consumer or a retail bond, it functions exactly the same way as a bond in the institutional bond market. So, setting aside the Green Deal, because that's what the UK government has done, is there an alternative for the UK government to fund this £15 billion for green projects? Well, of course there is, and it's a much simpler one. The Treasury could simply ask the Bank of England to deposit money into the bank accounts of the projects it wants to support. It could deposit £15 billion, or £20 billion, or whatever amount it wanted. In short, it could invest what was needed to really make a difference. Now, once you understand that the government doesn't need our money to spend or to invest, a whole new world of possibilities opens up. Now, this is becoming clearer to me and to many others, but it's still so out of step with what we're being told in the mainstream media and by many of our elected politicians that I still need some clarification and some reassurance that our government doesn't really need our money via bonds. And luckily at Scotonomics, we have a roller deck full of contact details for leading economic experts. So I asked Professor Steve Keane what he thought about the UK government's exciting new savings bond. The UK government recently announced a 15 billion retail bond called the Green Savings Bond. Now, ask savers to give an amount up to 15 billion to the government to then pass on to green projects that they will choose. Now, I've got a whole heap of issues with this, but I wonder what your thoughts were on this type of approach to funding our way to net zero. Well, for a start, uh, if you if the government sells bonds to the non-bank public's public, uh, that is actually taking money out of the public sector, out of individuals' bank accounts and handing it over to the government, that is actually reducing the money supply. Now, that is one of the reasons war bonds were sold in the 1940s. It wasn't because the government needed the money to buy the guns. It was because by having the private sector uh, use their money to buy bonds rather than goods and services, it reduced the demand for goods and services and left more of the industrial capacity of the country for the war effort. Uh, so if you want to do this, what you should be doing it to is to reduce private consumption. Now, that's not why it's being done. They actually think they're funding these, these uh, green projects. The green projects could be funded by the government running a deficit and issuing bonds to cover it. There's no need for them to do it otherwise. So I think this also falls back into the, the same neoliberal mindset that the government has to borrow off the private sector to, to, to get the money it needs. The reality, and that's why I built my Minsky software to illustrate this stuff very easily, the government deficit, the government is a money creator and... If it needs to, uh, to create the money necessary to finance enormous amounts of green purchases, then it can create that money by running a deficit that actually you know, buys the, the green, green goods off the, off the private sector, you know, enables that construction to be done by the private sector out of profit. Uh, it doesn't need to then sell bonds to the private sector to finance it. 
So um, again, it's all this wrong-headed thinking, uh, and we, we think we've got our thinking about money wrong, uh, about government uh, spending wrong, about banks wrong. Stephen tells it with a very straight bat. The government could pay for all of the green investment it needs, and it's no need to borrow from investors or the public. Now, the UK government has admitted that the green economy needs a stimulus to slow down climate change, but where is the urgency? The sixth IPPC report says this, pathways limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius with no or limited overshoot would require rapid and far-reaching transitions in energy, land, urban and infrastructure, including transport and buildings and industrial systems. That report was a code red for humanity. Now, you decide if grifting 15 billion from the public is a way to solve the climate crisis. And while you think about that, also consider where Scotland and the rest of the UK finds itself right now, leaving the planet-saving decisions to a Conservative government that is more interested in conserving the status quo than it is saving the living world. 